0: The Book of Isaiah, Chapter 53 Who hath believed our report, and to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as as a root out of the dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness, and when he shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. we hid as if it were our faces from him, he was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did not not esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray, we have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, as a sheep before her shears is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living, for the transgressions of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked, and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him, he hath put him to grief, when thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin. He shall see his seed, he shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied by his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore were I divide him a portion with the great, and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul into death. And he was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Greetings, friends, and welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Well, today we are resuming our study in the Acts according to the Apostles, the Acts of the Apostles, rather. And we're ready for chapter 8 this morning, uh, which deals with two main subjects. You've got this magician named Simon and you have this uh, the story of Philip uh with the Ethiopian which is a pretty wild story in itself because it deals with a literal translocation a translocation of a person by the spirit of god in one moment he's in one place the spirit of god snatches him away and puts him in another place so it's a very interesting story, nonetheless, and that's what we're going to be looking at this morning. Last week, chapter seven ended with Stephen putting forth that great sermon, and it cut the people to the heart. And then they stoned him to death, and it left and it ended with letting us know that there was a man named Saul who would become the apostle Paul, uh, standing there holding the coats, right. And so that's where we pick off here pick up here, rather, in chapter 8. So with that backdrop, let's begin. Chapter 8, verse 1. Saul was in hearty agreement with the putting him to death, talking of Stephen. And on that day, a great persecution began against the church in Jerusalem, and they were all scattered throughout all the regions of Judea. Samaria, except the apostles. Some devout men buried Stephen and made loud lamentation over him, but Saul began ravaging the church, entering house after house and dragging off men and women, and he would put them in prison. Therefore, those who had been scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began proclaiming Christ them. The crowds, with one accord, were giving attention to what was said by Philip, and they heard and saw the signs which he was performing. For in the case of many who had unclean spirits, they were coming out of them, shouting with a loud voice, and many who had been paralyzed and lame were healed. So there was much rejoicing in that city. Now there was a man named Simon. Who formerly practiced magic in the city, astonishing the people of Samaria, claiming to be someone great, and they all, from smallest to the greatest, were given attention to him, saying, This man is what is called the great power of God. And they were giving him attention because he had for a long time astonished them with his magic arts. Please note. Uh, This guy here, when it's talking about the magic that he was using, using magic art, it's talking about the occult. Okay, so the word, uh, the meaning of the word for magic there, originally referred to the practice of Medio persian or a mixture of science and superstition, including astrology, divination, and the occult. So this guy is deep in some dark stuff. That's important to note. He's deep in some dark magic to the point where he's actually able to perform some miraculous signs. And the people believe he must be from God to be able to do some of the things he's doing. But even people who are deep in the occult, who are are calling on the darkness to do things, even they can't resist the gospel of Jesus Christ, as we're going to see right here. Verse 12. But when they believed Philip's preaching the good news about the kingdom of God in the name of Jesus Christ, they were being baptized, men and women alike. Even Simon himself believed. And after being baptized, he continued on with Philip. As he observed signs and great miracles taking place, he was constantly amazed. So please note you have this occult member. But he sees what Philip is doing. The real power. And he believes and starts to follow Philip. Now if my memory serves me correctly, he does still make a serious error. Here shortly, talking of Simon. Verse 14, Now when the apostles in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit. For he had not yet fallen upon any of them, They had simply been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they began laying their hands on them, and they were receiving the Holy Spirit. Now when Simon saw that the Spirit was bestowed through the laying on the hands of the apostles, he offered them money, saying, Give this authority to me as well, so that everyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. All right, let's take a second. So Simon... He starts off in the occult, using the power of magic. He believes upon the name of Jesus, starts following Philip, but then then, uh, Peter and John come down. They're laying hands on these people because the Holy Spirit had not yet fell upon them. So they're there helping them receive the Holy Spirit. When Simon sees them laying hands on people and then those people being filled with the Spirit, he wants that power now. So... Simon has this issue where he's just attracted to power from on high, right? He's That's why he was probably in the occult to begin with. He wanted that supernatural strength, supernatural power, and now he's trying to buy supernatural strength, supernatural power, the power of the Holy Spirit with money, which is a grave error as we're going to see Peter's response. Verse 20. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have no part in our portion in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of yours and pray the Lord that if possible, the intention of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you were in the gall of bitterness and in the bondage of iniquity But Simon answered and said, Pray to the Lord for me yourselves, so that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Verse 25 So when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, they started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip, saying, Get up, and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is the desert road. So he got up and he went, and it was an Ethiopian, a eunuch, a court official of Cadus, queen of the Ethiopians, who was in charge of all her treasures, and he had come to Jerusalem to worship. So please note, we have this Ethiopian who's of high stature for Ethiopia, right? He's in charge of all the treasures of the queen. So this guy would have probably had a big caravan of people. Not, it wouldn't have been just him by himself. Um, he would have had many people with him. Philip is told, get up. The angel of the Lord appears to Philip says, get up. Not the angel of the Lord, an angel of the Lord, two different things. An angel of the Lord told Philip, get up, go down to the road here. And so he gets there and there's this eunuch there, this uh, Ethiopian official. Verse 29, or verse 28. And he, meaning the Ethiopian, was returning and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah. Then the Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. And Philip ran and he heard him reading Isaiah, the prophet. And he said, Do you understand what you are reading? And he said, Well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and to sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this. He was led as a sheep to the slaughter. And as a lamb before its shearer is silent. So he does not open his mouth. In humiliation his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. So please note that's from Isaiah chapter 53. Uh, I opened the podcast with reading chapter fifty three out of the book of Isaiah. The the Ethiopian is reading this. Philip is told by the Spirit to go up to him, so he goes up and he says, he hears him reading from the prophet Isaiah, and he says, Do you know what this means? And the and the Ethiopian says, how could I how could I understand it unless somebody Uh, reveals it to me right verse 34 the eunuch answered Philip and said please tell me of whom does this prophet say this of himself or of someone else and then Philip opened his mouth and began from the scripture he preached Jesus to him let's stop there for just one second I want to read a little bit of commentary, just a small paragraph of commentary from Matthew Henry about this event where Philip is going up and, and explaining this scripture to the Ethiopian. Here's what he says. He says, Philip takes this far occasion, given him to open to him the great mystery of the gospel concerning Jesus Christ and him crucified. He began at this scripture took this for his text as Christ did another passage of the same prophecy which you can find in Luke chapter 4 verse 21 and preached to him Jesus this is all the account given us of Philip's sermon because it was in the same in the effect with Peter's sermon which we have had before the business of the gospel ministers is to preach Jesus and this is the preaching that is likely to do good it is probable that Philip had now occasion for his gift of tongues, that he might preach Christ to this Ethiopian in the language of his own country. And here we have an instance of speaking of the things of God and speaking to them to the good purpose, not only as we sit in the house, but as we walk by the way, according to the rule found in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7. So Matthew Henry is saying, it's, you know, don't just share this in your house or these locations, but even when you're out and about, share the good news. And he cites Deuteronomy as a reason why we should do that. If you look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 7, here's what the law says. And thou shalt teach them diligently unto thy children, and shalt talk to them when thou sittest in thy house, and when thou walkest by the way. And when thy liest down. And when thy rises up. In other words, you're, about to, you're supposed to be about your father's business in every situation in life. It's not just for Sunday morning. Or Sabbath. Or at home. It's, you should be about it at all times. Difficult. And I'm certainly not perfect in that situation. Let's return to our story. So, the eunuch answered Philip and said, Please tell me, of whom does this prophet say this, of himself or of someone else? Then Philip opened his mouth and began from the scripture he preached Jesus to him. And as they went along the road, they came to some water. And the eunuch said, Look, water, what prevents me from being baptized? And Philip said, If you believe with all your heart, you may. So, by the way, please note, what prevents a person from being baptized? What do you need to do to be baptized? Philip says, if you believe with all your heart, you're permitted to do so. And he answered and he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And he ordered the chariot to stop and they both went down into the water. Philip as well with the eunuch and he baptized him. And when they came up out of the water the spirit of the Lord snatched Philip away and the unit no longer saw him but went on his way rejoicing but Philip found himself at Azotus as he passed through and he kept preaching the gospel to all the cities until he came to Caesarea and that is the end of chapter 8 so first of all why was these great miracles happening? And it was so that people would believe that this message was true, right? So if you think about it, you've got the Ethiopian eunuch. He's being baptized. He would have had a caravan of people with him. They would have saw, they would have heard the message, the gospel. Then they would have seen Philip baptize the eunuch. And then they would have seen Philip disappear. Miraculously. Which would have been confirmation to them that this message was true. Now we see a couple of examples of this taking place in the scriptures, not as clearly as we just saw it here. A couple things to note. The word there, when it says, and they were come up out of the water, the spirit of the Lord caught away Philip is what it says in the King James. That is the Greek word harpazo. That's the same word used when Paul talks about how they'll be how they'll be the shot of the arch, of their Archangel and the trumpet of God and the dead in Christ will rise first and then those of us who remain will be caught up with them in the clouds where we'll forever be with the Lord, right? Same word. It's this idea of being in an instant snatched away from one area and translocated to another. Okay? That's what harpazo means. It's to be, it's to be violently snatched away, so to speak, or quickly snatched away. That's what happened to Philip. He's baptizing the guy. They come up out of the water, and boom! Philip is immediately removed from that spot and translocated to another place. I want to say it's about twenty miles away from where he was, according to some commentaries I've read. So. Th- There's just a couple places where this happens in the Old Testament, but not as clearly. It's more like it's referred to in the Old Testament, but not as clearly demonstrated as it is here uh, in the book of Acts. But I just wanted to share those with you real quick before we close. Um, You have 1 Kings and 2 Kings dealing with Elijah. So 1 Kings 18, chapter 12, and it says, And it shall come to pass, as soon as I am gone from thee, that the Spirit of the Lord shall carry thee whither I know not. If you go to 2 Kings 2, 16, And they said unto him, Behold, now there will be thy servants fifty strong men. Let them go, we pray thee, and seek thy master, lest, peradventure, the Spirit of the Lord hath taken him up and cast him upon some mountain or into some valley. And then we have a couple examples of this taking place with Ezekiel. In Ezekiel chapter 3, verse 12, he says, Then the Spirit took me up. And I heard behind me a voice of great rushing, saying, Blessed be the glory of the Lord from this place. And if you go down to verse 14, he says, So the Spirit lifted me up and took me away. And I went in bitterness in the heat of my spirit, but the hand of the Lord was strong upon me. Again, Ezekiel chapter 8. And he put forth the form of a hand and took me by the lock of my head. And the Spirit lifted me up between the earth and heaven and brought me in the visions of God to Jerusalem. So we see examples of this taking place throughout Scripture. Um, So it's not just limited to what we see here uh, in the book of Acts, but I would say the book of Acts is the most clear-cut example uh, of this situation taking place. Uh, Also, I don't have the reference pulled up in front of me, uh, but we've read it several times. Uh, In the book of Daniel, if you go to the Septuagint version... Or the apocryphal version. It's in both. Uh, So if you have a Septuagint, you'll find it there. If you have uh, 1611 King James Bible with the apocrypha, you'll have it there. But there's two additional chapters to Daniel in those books. And in one of them, um, I can't remember exactly which one. I want to say it's the bell bell and the dragon, I think is the name of it. Uh, Daniel finds himself in a lion's den again. And the spirit of the Lord tells Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk. Uh, to go and take food to Daniel. And Habakkuk says, I don't know where Daniel is. How could I do that? And the spirit of the Lord, gra- or the angel grabs Habakkuk by the crown of his head and translocates him to the cave or hole where, or the pit where Daniel is. And Habakkuk lowers food to him in that story. So this is not a new concept or a new idea, even if that book is not. Or should not be canonized. Um, it still demonstrates that it, there was a there's a historical belief in these things happening, right? That's it's not just like some made up concept. So there you go, just a little bit of a background on that, uh, in addition to uh, the story itself, a miraculous story. There was the the Book of Acts is is a very overlooked book. But it's filled with so much truth and so much historical narrative, and really so much doctrine about the church and what we are to, how we are to act and what we are to think and how we are to believe. Uh, but it's largely uh, ignored, I feel like, by modern day Christians when it should be dealt with and studied thoroughly. Okay, well there you have it for this week. Thanks for praying for the podcast and helping me make it possible week after week. Uh, If you're being blessed by it, and this is your food, so to speak, then consider supporting it by going to scriptureandprophecy.com. There's a donate and support tab at the top. Peace and grace be with all of you, and until next time, God bless.